This episode is brought to you by Caps, the home of headwear. Although, if you think they're just doing headwear, you've got it wrong. If you've been tuning into the show, you would have seen my Larry Bird vintage Mitchell and Ness t-shirt. You would have seen my Charlotte Hornets hoodie. They've got it all. So if you want to go find your perfect hat or your perfect hoodie in this winter, head online now, www.caps.com.au and check it out. This podcast is also brought to you by Rick's Eyewear. Eyewear that inspires confidence. Speaking of confidence, I can tell you right now you'd be really confident in getting an absolute Barry bargain. Ricks are currently running an end-of-season sale up to 60% off. Let me say that again. Up to 60% off clearance sale. Sunglasses going from $40. Head online now at rickseyewear.com.au and check it out. Five days only. Righto, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Aces in Business podcast, everyone. Fergus Watts, the great man last week, absolutely dominated. And if you're listening, Fergus, which I know you are, thank you so much. But today, it's all about another man, the king of the fitness industry in Michael Ramsey. Rams is the co-founder and CEO of the world's fastest growing Pilates studio in Strong Pilates. Jakey, you'd be living under a rock if you haven't heard of Strong, mate. He is also the franchise owner of the number one F45 studio in the world. Listen to me clearly, Jake. In the world, the largest. And he's also owned a bunch of F45s across the country. I tell you what, Jakey boy, I'm very excited to have the great man on the podcast today. Rams, firstly, welcome to the show. Um, mate, tell me, how many F45 studios did you end up getting out to? Yeah, got to six. Um, had a yoga studio as well. Um, had a retreats business. Um, and then pretty much sold the lot after a while. Um, after sort of four or five years, got a, got a nice return. We sold just before, before COVID, um, did really well. I think we turned maybe 600 K into about four and a half million, um, over that time plus profits. How close was this to COVID by the way? Cause that would have been. Uh, about, wasn't as close as you think. Probably like the last one, maybe six months out that we sold. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, I, I started a brand new franchise and COVID hit, so I don't know what's worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. if I'd kept my, you know, if I'd waited a bit longer. But um, yeah, look, it's it, it's interesting. We got we got to six, and um, we we're pretty stretched. We probably had fifty staff in total. Um, two of the studios were in Darwin, so it's like you're trying to operate remote studios. Um, and to, and to be honest, like the concept just wasn't doing it wasn't sort of heading in the way that, that we kind of wanted it to um so you know we're quite ambitious me and mark we wanted our own thing and and so we sold them all uh, i just want to touch on mark like yeah who is mark for the list- listeners and everyone watching and, and how'd you meet yeah mark so his name's mark armstrong army um we met at yeah he was my boss at motel believe it or not there you go he used to work for darcy group um and he yeah i used to report to him as a as a promoter um, but yeah, he, he was good. He's an ex, ex detective, ex like play development at the Bulldogs as well. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a bit older than me. I think he's got about 10 years on me. Um, but yeah, he, he's good. We're, we're chalk and cheese though. Like I'm very much marketing PR. I'll do this sort of stuff. I'll jump on a potty and talk and <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I can just keep talking. He's very much like operations. You know, his dream is just to sit in a dark room on his laptop. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard he's a very intelligent man. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's... He he does he demands respect. Like, you know, you'll enter a room and you can 
people will like every time he talks you know people people gen you know they'll listen to him you know um he's good it's nice having a very contrasting business partner because yeah i reckon I'd, i'd butt heads with myself do you know what i mean yeah yeah two creatives and yeah it's like that though they say that in business that you need that balance and that's fantastic well mate congratulations you obviously You've uh, you've sold your your F45s and then you've started strong. Let's talk about how all that come about and again, what was the light bulb moment there? Um, that was a really interesting one actually. I I broke my ankle, believe it or not. So I got um all my all the followers that I have on Instagram. I used to get from doing stupid like fitness vids, right? I used to do like big tuck jumps. I was like the plyo guy, and I'd, yeah. I'd work with Adidas to do all these like creative sort of movement stuff. And I was doing an Adidas campaign for a new runner and the brief was like jump over a shopping trolley and do all this like street stuff (laughs) and um literally like we just started rolling and we just warmed up they're like uh we'll just do a a a pretend take and i've sort of sidestepped and i just snapped my ankle like (sighs) like what i don't even know how it happened um and so I got really like I couldn't do any plyo anymore. Obviously, I had to get a lateral ligament reconstruction. It's like two year recovery. I still have to rehab it today, um, but I had to do a lot of low impact training, a lot of reformer stuff. Um, I fell in love with the reformer, um, and at the time, my housemate that I was living with, she showed me this this machine in the US um, called the Rowformer, and it was it was effectively a rower attached to a, a reformer bed, um, and I was like. Geez, that makes a lot of sense because I've been doing these reformer workouts, but I've always felt like I need to do a run or I need to go for a, mm. do some sort of cardio. Sweat. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, it's great. Your body feels amazing, but geez, it's boring. That's always been yeah. my downfall with yeah. that. It's like, I feel like I'm working my body, but I don't feel tired. I yeah. get off and I'm like... And you don't get much of a calorie burn with a lot of reformer classes either. So, you know, people are always trying to drop body fat and... They can't, you know, they might have great, you know, mobility, um, their muscles are activating, but they're just not dropping body fat. And at the end of the day, that's what most people want, right? So, um, yeah, so I went over to this to the States to check out this machine and um, I did a workout over there. It was in the US and it had about, um, had about like sort of 10, 10 beds in this, this little studio. Loved it, like hardest workout I've ever done, um, just going from the rower to the reformer, you know, like smashing out a massive sort of like, let's say a, a Tabata row, like over five minutes. So you're out of breath and you go back to the reformer and you're holding a plank under tension, under spring-loaded tension and you can barely breathe and your heart rate's through the roof and you're sweating and you're like, like this is amazing. Like wh- why don't we have this in Australia? <laughs> so um, I was like, all right, I've got to get this. Got to get this to Australia. Um, but the problem was like, the business model in the States probably wasn't set up the way that it should be for success. So things like even the amount of beds, um, the customer experience, the music, the lights, you know, the all that sort of stuff needed to be worked on. So we were like, all right, me and Mark, Mark went over, did the same thing, loved it. He came back. We're like, all right, we need we need to get exclusivity of this machine, but we, we can't we can't brand it um, like it is in the States. We need to come up with our own brand, our own workouts. All that sort of thing. So yeah, we we negotiated the rights for the row former for Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Asia, um, and we've recently got the UK now, um, and now we're building our franchise model around that. Well done. How do yeah. you how do you do that? How do you get the rights for something like this that's already been created? 
not uh, just this product, but any product? What's so, the process? So we just wanted exclusivity. So we had to come up with an agreement. Basically, you got to go to a, a decent lawyer, spend a heap of money and and get the agreement done. Does that done. prevent like me and Tommy, for example, going out and buying them? <clears throat> That's right. So he he's... There's a patent on the machine, so no one else can buy the, no one else can manufacture the machine, and no one else can buy the machine in Australia, New Zealand, Asia, Canada, UK. And who do you do the yeah. deal with? The guy, the creator in the US. Right, he's yeah. a manufacturing company. Be burning. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. That is unreal. so cool. So you pretty yeah. much got no competitors. Yeah, that's right. And and even even the space that we're in is so unique. Like where generally when we open a new strong studio. The, the first lot of people that come in are Pilates instructors. And then we start to get a lot of the Pilates people because it's it's your next progression, really. It's a very tough, high-resistance-based Pilates with interval rowing. And we're bringing in a bike now as well, which is really cool. But, um, yeah, it's just they're sort of the first people we get. And then we're starting to get a lot of the, you know, the people from other sort of group fitness concepts that have been, I don't know, injured or, you know, a lot of high-impact stuff. We're getting those guys because their bodies can't handle the jumping and the burpees and that anymore so um, we kind of now label ourselves we're like the heroes of low impact so we're a very very tough workout but we're completely low impact so yeah no burpees if I see burpees I'll, oh, I'll, I'll burn, burn the God studio down we used yeah. to have to do um, commando rolls when we <coughs> fucked up at training and like yeah. mate you want to they're just they're hard work but geez talk about impact and just blokes mm. kicking you in the head you're like, <laughs> you almost get angry yeah. mate but that, I must say the reformers are massive I mean I can only speak from the AFL community but they're massive a lot of players do them um, on their off days they um, you know they do Pilates but they do enough cardio so they don't have to do what you're doing. But yeah, it's, a, it's it's very popular. And I want to ask you, male and female, what's the difference at the moment and what's the plans? Because it is obviously getting, I feel like it's a very female orientated, uh, you know, business, the Pilates reformers. There's more chicks. But the-, the males are starting to go, hang on a second. Yeah. And they're growing every day. It's, um, we're very gender neutral in our branding, but we still get females like they're always early adopters and it just is what it is. It's a market. And it, that was the same when I had F45s. We were 80% female at the start, 20% blokes. As you progress in your business life cycle, guys start to come in and they start to realize, oh, that this is actually decent. Um, but we're, we're trying to expedite that. So as I said, like we're completely gender neutral in our branding. Like Trav Boak has come on as an ambassador. He attributes a lot of his success and his longevity in his career to Pilates. So he's really helping us build the male market. We just had Fev in. He just did a transformation. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but he was good. He, he lost a bunch of, bunch of weight and then I think he hurt his hand at playing footy or something. So... I'm still hounding him, like, right, get back. <laughs> back. Um, but it's been good. Like, yeah, it, it's just it's just always a slower progression, in, like, in the fitness space. Females, uh, it's almost, like, too easy to get them in. Um, yeah, they're willing to try new things. That's you know, fascinating. A lot of them have experience in Pilates as well, so they don't feel intimidated to come in and try it, whereas, yeah, guys – guys struggle so we, we kind of we built out our own tech as well so we've got tvs as well um with the exercises but the instructor actually uses a clicker and they click through the exercises as they're taking it like a powerpoint prezzo um so you've got that guide there on the screens which has really helped a lot of guys come in and go oh cool i can see what i'm doing so that's yeah that's that's helped heaps what's amazing to me just going back to your point i just want to make sure that i heard this right so yeah. you're 
your roommate at the time showed you this machine. On like, Instagram, yeah. And you have taken, I guess, the the courage to jump on a flight to go to a place specifically just to look at this machine, done a workout, hardest workout of your life, yep. and then built a franchise business of it by getting exclusive rights with your business partner. Yeah. It's unbelievable. That's, it's, but you deserve your success when you're doing who's stuff your, like Who's your old housemate? You're over. Where's a clip? Yeah. Is that one of the ones asking for the handout? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, it was like, because <clears throat> we're actually really lucky we had the F45 reputation and because we'd won Best Studio and like we had a good name in the fitness space and had good, I've got really good mentors as well in the fitness space. So the negotiation wasn't that hard to be honest, like we went over, over and spoke with him and he did some research, like literally just jumped on Google and saw like literally what, what we'd created with F45, which is the fastest growing fitness franchise in the world now. So it, for, for this guy, I think it was a relatively easy decision. Okay. Yeah. The name Strong was like, can you explain when you're yeah. trying to get the rights to a name? And obviously a, a name as mainstream as that, yeah. I assume wasn't yeah, so you simple. Snag that? The, the Instagram handle? Yeah, man. They're yeah, not chirping, yeah. I don't reckon. Yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah, I would have thought it's taken. So was there a process there? Yeah. Re- remember like back in the day, everyone was buying domain names Yeah. Like, and they were selling them for heaps. I remember my mate, he, he started Koala Mattress and he ended up buying koala.com for like, you know, a couple hundred thousand. And I was like, all right. I might as well just start buying one word Instagram names as, as investments because they're obviously going to go up. Like, And so I bought Strong. I had Ram. I was going to change mine to Ram and then a hacker took it. Um, <laughs> but I bought Strong like probably five, six years ago. Wow, so you, you for, had it. Yeah, for three, three and a half thousand US. I've had offers like upwards of 100K now. Um, yeah, so that's why. And then I thought about the concept and – the workout, I'm like strong. Like it, it, it's such a um, the workout, such a mental workout as well. You need you need mental strength, not only physical strength. But I'm like strong's a perfect word for this. So I just end up using the handle instead of selling it. And then in terms of trademarking, like it's quite hard to trademark strong Pilates. Um, so we've been spent thousands on legals and you know trying to do it in all the different countries and stuff. And we have to create sub brands like Strong Former and all sorts of stuff. But it's hard, but, you know, my ambition is to one day just own that word strong. And and now in Melbourne, like, there's enough brand equity that you say, I trained it strong. People are like, yeah, I love strong. Like, I know exactly what that is. Like, that's that's what I want it to be globally, but it's going to take a long time. It's a strong name. It's a very <laughs> yeah. strong name. Oh, I absolutely love that. That's a great story. I reckon mm. we could do that for TikTok right now. I mean, TikTok's blowing up. I reckon there'd be a few accounts. They're probably oh, gone. They'd be gone. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting. We'll it's, give it a crack. It's very cheeky. <laughs> yeah. That is very intelligent. Just on the, you know, you were saving all the, anything else? Ram, strong. What else did you save? Uh, I was going for like... What else? Cultivate. I'd cultivate. I sold that. Um, yeah, I was just going for whatever. But very smart. Now, yeah. if, can I just talk to you about the franchise model? Because um, obviously, we know a lot of great franchisees around the world in various industries and so forth. For you as a business owner, obviously, you've you've been a franchisee, and then you I guess the franchisor in a way at the moment. Now, yep. what's sort of the the good and bad, or the the risk and the good that's associated with that? Um. I, the good is obviously you've got an established brand, you've got established systems, um, and you're coming into a ready-made sort of business. So a good example of that is the Hobart launch over the weekend. You know, if we if they had done their own reformer studio, there's no way they would have opened with 160 members on direct debit 
And you got to imagine our break even for business is like 70 members. So they're making profit from day one. So that that's your big advantage. And then you've got all your systems laid out. You've got all your marketing. You've got all your operations. You've got all the onboarding, the support that you need. Um, I guess the negatives to all of that is if you want to be creative, um, which is what I really struggled with with their 45 was I wanted to do um, I wanted to target um, a different kind of demographic. I wanted a different kind of marketing. Um, I was giving away cars and stuff. I gave away a Toyota, uh, no, a Holden Astra one one year, you know, <laughs> um, just to get, and, and you know, I got, got like an $80,000 return on the campaign. Like it was, it was amazing, but was never getting that stuff from head office. It was stuff that I had to create. So I guess the, the, the yeah the bad thing is there um if you do want to be creative you, you kind of can't be you, you've got some influence but not a lot um the other thing and i think we see this with a lot of franchises is sometimes they oversell and there's cannibalization of each other so you don't want like i would never put a strong next to another strong mm. or within like you know a kilometer or two kilometers because you, then you're cannibalizing each other um, a lot of franchises will often get quite, um, they'll have targets to hit, particularly when they're owned by a big conglomerate. Um, and then they'll roll out as many, um, call it whatever, stores, gyms, whatever it is, and then it's, there's cannibalization and there's not enough consumers. So that's another risk to franchising. So we're, we're trying to be very cautious of that. What's the sweet spot in Australia? And you're, obviously you've got, um, we're going to talk internationally soon, but Australia, mm. I think you've sold 72, am I right there? Yeah, something, 70 something now. maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got 14 open. So, I, I mean, I'd be happy. Our mapping says we can get 400. I'd be happy with maybe 150, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it, you don't need that many. Um, that is so good. Yeah. That must so. be, yeah, that's a, well done, 70 odd already and, and counting and, um, that must be so exciting when you, you know, you open a new one it must be just the best. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't missed a launch yet. I've been to 14 launches so far. Um, and I'll keep going as long as I can, but I couldn't watch my horse in, in Adelaide on the weekend. So I was like, were you on, were you on like, were you on your phone watching it? Or? Yeah, I was yeah. rowing on, on the TAB. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. They're just um, rowing harder, yeah. trying to get it over the line. No yeah. doubt. I can just with your comment there about, you know, not maybe cannibalizing the the market too much with strongs i can assume you're probably quite diligent with where you put your franchises and the people you trust with them how many requests would you be getting sort of weekly daily to um, inquire about strong daily probably five to ten i would say um but some when we do a launch like we just launched auckland with lululemon we we put 20 beds on on the harbour had a lot of PR and like I think we had like a hundred in a week. You know that was pretty wow. decent. Um, and yeah, so it, it can vary. It just depends how what sort of marketing you're doing. Um, but we find the most effective marketing to sell franchises is just open studios. So you just open a studio in a location, and generally from there, like the location will blow up. So say it's Br Brisbane's really hot for us right now. We opened one in Brisbane. We've just sold like five or six in Brizzy. So yeah, um, it's just that's just sort of how it, how it happens. I think people who are looking to do this, they don't want to miss out. They get FOMO and, and they just try and try and get the the best territories. 
let's say me and Jake, uh, we're living in, let's say, Burley. You've probably got one sold up there already, have it's you? It's one of our high performers. That's where I'd love to you know, <laughs> set one up. So we, we want one, right? So we've inquired. Yep. Can you just talk me through the process? Because everyone listening, no doubt, wants mm. to buy one now. There's probably going to be a few requests after this as well. Yeah, so just dumb it down a little bit. But what is the process for you know me and Jakey to get involved? There's a, You'd have to fill out a really basic questionnaire, um, you know, um, sort of background, available capital as well, because we need to make sure that you can afford it. It's $350,000, $400,000 investment, bare minimum. Um, so that's sort of the main thing. And then we'll send you all the business model, all the information, um, some stuff on the market, some stuff on how the business works. And then we would have a catch up with you and we would screen you guys and then just go, all right. So they make, they meet the basic requirements. Now, are they capable of running a studio? Um, we've actually, you know, we were quite at the start, we're like, we just need to open franchises. So we're really lenient. I guess with who we brought on and we've only recently started giving territories or taking territories back from people that we feel you know might not be able to run them effectively so um there's a bit of a now it's it's sort of like we want really good operators um the way our business works we take a percentage of revenue so we take eight percent of of total revenue so if the studio is not performing well we're not we're not getting paid either so our whole thing is less studios performing better yeah so yeah, Makes sense. we'd basically just see if, if you're a good bloke and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. being good blokes, get us a free license, maybe a bit of PR. We, Tommy yeah, knows a few we're, people. We're going to get Toby Green. Yeah. <laughs> get some AFL boys in and just get a freebie. It, it's, That's outrageous. It's so interesting because like pe- people have got wind of that story, like <laughs> and. They've actually like tried to do it to me. Like, oh, um, well, do we get a free territory if we do this and this? I'm like, oh, it's a bit different. Come now, on, boys, be yeah. more creative. We did that 10 <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Now, the yeah. studios are beautiful. I've seen um, images of them, and obviously I know people that live in the Gold Coast who've posted, and I put the dots together when you were coming on the show. You mentioned you got obviously the marketing background, and back then, especially F45s and so forth, everyone remembers influencers posting them, even cafes were doing it and stuff. That approach has changed a little bit now, as you said, in your eyes. What's mm. your marketing strategy around to develop growth? Um, I would say the number one is now referral, based off referral, So, and, and that's community-driven. So, for instance, let's say generally in the boutique space, you, you cap out around 300 members. If you've got a studio with 150 members and everyone brings one person, you're full, right? So to me, that's the most effective way of building your studio is if if you sort of leverage your own existing client base. Um, we now focus more on local area marketing. Um, the the ambassadors are no longer influencers, they're, they're hairdressers and they're people who talk to, you know, people in the community, baristas, business owners, people with really popular businesses in, in local communities. Like they're the best ones to get into your studio, not not so-and-so who was on maths that, you yeah, know. Like people understand the, the, how yeah. hard it is and real referrals. There, there's a, there is a place for that, that other area, you know, the influencer area. And, and it is good, like PR launches, everything like that, just to get physical eyes on something. It's really effective and, and I'll, I won't discredit it too much because it still does work. Um, but in terms of building your community and people who are going to stay and, and actually, um, um, yeah, utilize your product. They're the ones you want to go into your community. You don't want to go external. I love that. Yeah. Um, I love how you're building a community. It's really, um, it's really important. You're doing a great job. Now, this is something that I come across in my prep, Jackie boy, and I love this because 
something that happens in you know you'd know at a soccer uh, in your locker room and at a footy club. When you when when there's a bit of bo in the room, mate, and there's oh. something that just doesn't smell that well, it's a bit you know it turns you off a bit. You've come up with your own scent for all your places, I've heard, and uh, there's a bit of study behind scent. it. Yeah, you've I done want, your research. Yeah, you? I really I really like this, and I want <laughs> yeah. you to talk me through the process of how you've. I mean, the statistics behind the research and also yeah. how you've done this because it's, it's very this smart. This place sounds unique already. <laughs> oh, you need, yeah. it needs to be smelling good, Jakey. Um, yeah, so we've got, we developed our own scent because we want everyone who walks into a studio to, to recognize that they're in strong, right? So we've got tones in there. We've got saffron in there, which is a, a it sort, sort of smells like chlorine. Um, the number one reason females left gyms, I think it was like 2017 or something, was was due to cleanliness. So we put this saffron in the scent. So it kind of smells like a chlorine, but at the same time, we've got cognac in the scent because we play a lot of Jay-Z. Because <laughs> no shit. So, so when you're on the reformer side, um, you pa- you're playing R and B. It's slower, time under tension. You you know it's it's like more chilled vibes. So we play play Jay Z. So like, all right, let's put cognac in the scent. Um, and then we've got other tones that uplift and and yeah. So we've got this amazing kind of scent that we've created that all the studios now use. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Brain has exploded. Yeah. Cognac in in a scent. Yeah. How did you who how did you come up with that? I worked with a perfumologist to um and we sat there for like fucking four hours with like a million <laughs> different things and she's like, smell this, smell this, smell this, smell this. I'm like, yes, no, yes, no. Then that, you know, a hundred became fifty and then we'd go again. And, you know, we'd combine them and, and then fifty became twenty and then twenty became ten. And then you know, eventually you come up with like I guess a little sample of like say four that that you like, and then you, you decide on one. But it was a really interesting process. That is so good. You yeah. would love, you would love a compliment of the scent, wouldn't you? Yeah, love it. Because, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of people like, even like franchisees, they're like, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks a month for scent. I'm like, well, you have to pay for some sort of air purification anyway, or air refreshing type thing. So why not, you know, why not do that? And then they get it in, they're like, oh, now it makes sense. Like it is, it hits you walk in, it hits you like. Fuck yeah. Like it's just like this really yeah, uplifting kind of smell. So Good. you obviously have had a clear vision of like the experience you want people to feel, not just in the workout. Just mm. can you, for people like myself who haven't been in a strong, mm. what did you, what, what is the actual experience like for when you come in? Um, customer experience wise, it's, it's all really like sort of nicely. It's not, it's pretty comfortable. I would say like the, all the lockers have phone chargers. There's a sign when you walk in, it says burn now, brag later. And the whole idea of that is we're going to burn now. So we're going to train on the machine. You can brag about it later. So leave your phone in the locker with the phone charger because we don't want people sitting there on their phones while they're working out. Um, it's just never, it's, it's never effective. Gym. Yeah. And I see people doing that. Exactly. And like, it's good to get all the, you know, the photos and shit, but after, you know, um, there's really cool touch points. So all your, you know, your Instagrammable sort of spots, um, nice big couches for community areas. We've just created these um, mobility screens. So Lululemon is sponsoring with with their mats and that sort of thing where 10 minutes before or after your workout, you do a mobility flow or almost like a yoga session that relates to your strong session. So if we're doing a lower body strong session, you're doing a lower body flow and really stretching out those muscles. So you've got that as an additional tool pre or post workout 
Um, and then the experience itself in the studio is just crazy. As I said, like, you know, lights are up, R&B's on, you know, you, you're working through your strength component. And then when you go to your rower, lights come down, deep house comes on, it's like a nightclub oh, in there. Yeah. Oh, so you got and different so, vibes for the yeah. different stations. Yeah, you want people to <coughs> go hard. Like, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, like, we got to get in there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think it's a yeah, must. It's, it's, it's mad. Like, it, it's really good. Post-workout, you get a towel that's been in, in the fridge and soak in eucalyptus oil. So you get this cold towel you put over your face, opens up your airways. Um, yeah, it's mad. That's an experience and a half. Oh, I felt like I was there. <laughs> everyone in the world needs on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how, mate. And on the workout side of things, um, how long does it go for? 30, 40 minutes? Yeah, they're 50-minute blocks, <coughs> but they can go anywhere from like 40 to 46 minutes. Um, but yeah, we've got a whole programming team that, that works on different types of programs. Like it's not – it's every day is not, not the same. Like there's real – got a new class called strong climb it's endurance based huge calorie burn you know lots of long efforts um even like long sort of holds under tension but then you've got other classes that are strength focused and you know we'll do progressive overloads we'll get heavy dumbbells where we repeat the same exercise we'll actually stop and rest recover go again so we're actually building muscle there's hypertrophy people are getting stronger so we're really getting like scientific in the way that we're creating these workouts which is not normal for a lot of pilates like generally pilates is um aerobic so it's always flows they're always people just constantly working and working and working and you're always in your aerobic energy system when you work anaerobically um, you can start to really build muscle and go heavy so yeah. we're sort of we're playing around with a lot of that stuff which is really unique in this space um but yeah it's cool it seems to be doing pretty well now how's the yeah. rig looking mate you've been, i'm just picturing this <laughs> picturing me do this for six months you don't like get abs for the first time <laughs> yeah don't like, get too far to yourself <laughs> i got sucked into easter and had way too much chocolate <laughs> actually on a, on a bit of a diet at the moment i've lost five kilos in two weeks oh well done that's well, good do you yeah. find it easy knowing all the you know knowing what to do what not to do yeah i, I actually i don't like like i know what to do but i don't like doing it so i i outsource just like anyone else would to a, a, a pt or a, a gym or yeah i've got a really talented pt doing my nutrition now so i'm just sort of treating food like like fuel at the moment it's pretty shit like you know you just eat like literally like chicken and rice but um it's good like i'm getting good results so just yeah. um we've spoke on this podcast before when businesses are scaling the hiring sort of aspect how it's hard to have the quality control over people with the franchise people that are, or I guess the people that are buying franchises. Yep. Are they hiring staff? Are you still involved in that? Because you obviously the personality was a big factor for you and who you hired. Yeah, we kind of, there's a big onboarding process. So when, when a, a franchisee is onboarded, they go through different components, whether it be operations, um, recruitment, marketing, and our team sits down with them, takes a few days, and we teach them how to recruit. Um whether they do a good job or not is sort of up to them. But um, and, and we have had times when we've had to go, hang on, because we'll, we'll go over there, we'll run an academy. So we have to qualify strong instructors. So it's a three-week course. They'll throw us like 10 trainers and then we qualify them. And sometimes we'll go, guys, we can't, we can't pass half of these. So we're going to have to find more people. Like it's, yeah, it is what it is. But um, yeah, you got to be a little bit ruthless, particularly – because our concept's so new, it needs to be delivered a certain way. Mm. Mm. I want to go to um. Mm. I want to go back to the branding piece. Like, when when building a brand, what's the most important thing? Um, 
probably researching audience and having that brand resonate with the audience, I think. Um, it depends on the context, but yeah, um, it needs to be cool. Like I always try and every business I've ever done, we've always been the cool kids. Um, but that's not necessarily like good for, let's say, if you're targeting, um, let's say, you know, an older demographic that don't really care about that or, or whatever. But yeah, I would say you need to know your audience and work backwards from there. What is the strong audience, the target market? Um, I would say probably 20 to 45-year-old females, <coughs> but now we're getting a lot more males in. Um, and we are actually getting a lot of older consumers as well. When I say older, I mean like sort of 50 plus. Um, everyone in the fitness space, you look at all, all the big concepts now, they all want the 28-year-old the female. Like that's their, that's their thing. Um, and everyone's fighting over this sort of same, call it a muse. Like, um, yeah, but we're sort of trying to now cater for everyone. So we're doing like beginner classes, um, all that sort of thing. It, have the entry point a little bit easier so we can, you know, we can broaden our demographic. That was my next question. I was going to mm. say within the fitness industry, what, what is the biggest trends that you're saying? You just kind of mentioned one then, but. Um, it's interesting. Pilates is definitely flying. And it was a big reason that we got into it when we did. Um, yeah, a lot of research around that. The problem is big market research firms will define yoga and Pilates as one. So you look at all the data around it um, and it says that the yoga market is taking off as well. But the yoga market is in, in fact like on a bit of a decline now and Pilates is a thing that's propping it up, right? So Pilates is big. Boxing kind of goes in and out. You know, um, you see a lot of traditionalists that do really well, um, but yeah, there's a lot of boxing concepts that that do that will do really well for five years and it drops out, and it's like sort of like this interesting curve. Um, I don't know. It's every country is different as well. Um, we know that in Canada, um, there's a there's a much bigger mega former market, which is sort of like what we do more in a Pilates sense. So we're launching in Vancouver soon, which we're really excited about because the market exists there already. We're not doing all this work to build the market. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's um fitness industry is incredible. Bodybuilding's coming back in in a yeah. big way. Group group fitness bodybuilding. Um yeah. Do you get into that bodybuilding? I'd love to have some muscles. <laughs> yeah. you, when did actually strong start? Because I just wanted to talk about the COVID period. Yeah. Because fitness industry took a big hit there and obviously yourself it seems like on the back end of it which we've only really just come out of you're doing really well yeah it was sort of just 20 like late 2019 early 2020 so, so literally COVID. when it hit yeah pretty much when it hit um <laughs> i think we'd been operating for like three months our first flagship studio and then um yeah i jumped on a flight um to darwin i quarantined got to Queensland, was able to launch a studio in Queensland and keep the brand going whilst Melbourne was in lockdown and all my staff were stuck in Melbourne as well. But because we opened that, as I said before, the best thing we can do for the brand is to open a studio. So we opened one on the Gold Coast and all of a sudden we sold four or five more. So it's like that's the best thing that we could do through COVID. So we kind of just got away with surviving, um, whereas a lot, of, a lot of brands were quite stagnant. So, yeah, we're pretty lucky. Yeah, well done. That's incredible. Yeah. Are there any in Perth? Perth, my Mark's going across next week. Actually, he's he's visiting about eight eight people at the moment. I need to get one. Yeah, that's what I just but knew we, said we, we haven't one. opened one yet. But as soon as we do, I know the right people for one. Yeah, we've got sites actually because you want you want a cheap 
site. You want something that's only like 40, 50, 60K a year. Yeah. Um, and we found some crackers. So now we've got, um, we've visited, we've, yeah, he's got like eight or nine meetings, he reckons, and someone will someone will commit and just Are do you it. finding these locations or are people like Tommy who would be requesting you empowering them to go hunt on realestate.com or whatever? Both. Okay. But what we're finding is everyone in the fitness space, like all your, your body fits, F45s, fit stops, they all want 300 square meters. So it's really competitive. So what we have to do is effectively um, get in the pockets of real estate agents and stuff. Because I and I hate all real estate agents, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no. But we, you got to have like good ones looking out for sites pre-market. Um, so it's just constant. But we just keep an eye on it as well. Um, yeah. So it's sort of up to us. Sort of up to the franchisee. A lot of franchisees have good contacts, and a lot of them are opening in places they live so they know businesses that are closing down they'll go door knock like they know a gym's struggling they'll door knock and say hey do you want us to take over your lease and that's how you get some really good deals it's It's a bit ballsy but yeah yeah. it's very ballsy do you know any of the locations off the top of your head or is that more for armor um i'll connect you with army yeah 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 yeah. no i'm just interested it's funny because it's it's like you know cotter's low is the probably the that's your you know, yeah. your two rack or your South Yarrow, sorry. It's like the premium spot. I can just see it going off. Yeah. But in Freo as well, it'd be a great little spot and maybe a bit cheaper. Perth's the one. Perth, yeah. yeah it'll, it'll go nuts. We'll chat off air. We'll yeah. chat <laughs> <laughs> no, this could, chat this could be on. a break, Jaggy. Let's chat on there, mate. No, I love that. I can just see that. All. They love it over there. So, um, no, that's super, mate. A few questions that we asked before we talk about uh, your next business, but just the most challenging experience you've been through with Strong so far. I honestly, um, and I've answered this a few, like I've, I've talked about this a few times before, but I think now looking at everything in reality, the biggest struggle is being a startup and having like wanting to, um, wanting to be a big company, but only having cash flow for a small company say. So we're trying to scale, um, as, as much as we can, we're trying to scale, you know, to an extent and be recognized in industry when we're still a pretty small player. So I've found more recently, that's definitely been the most challenging thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got day to day, there's a million challenges you do every single day, but for us, it's like being self-funded because a lot of people in my position have gone to private equity or they've gone to an investor and they've got an investor to come in and say, Hey, here's $5 million to start, you know, do this concept. Whereas myself and Mark have reinvested everything that we made from F45, we put it back in, we're still putting more money back in. So trying to scale, um, trying to be a reputable brand, but still manage cash flow is the hardest thing. But I don't want to give my shares away to someone either. I don't want to sell my shares yet. I think we've got so much to offer. Um, and we're kind of almost at that point that we're almost there. Like we're mm. almost ready to go. The business is doing well, but fuck, it's been like, it's been a big three years of just like, yeah, having to watch cash flow. Um, yeah. So that's probably now my probably latest answer to that question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well done as well yeah, for doing yeah. it all yourself and blood, sweat and tears, putting your own cash in and your own balls on the line. It's it's um it's unbelievable, especially with the scale you're already at, you know, mm. seventy odd sold and fourteen open. So um well done, mate. Well done. We're uh we're, we're I'm keen to ask you a, a little bit about uh, journey retreats. Yep. Uh, that's pretty cool. I know another mate of mine 
um, that's got a gym and uh, he was talking to me. He's mate, we need to do a retreat. And I said, fuck, where do you start and how do you do it? You go to Noosa and pray the weather's good, massages yeah. on the beach. Like, what, <laughs> what, 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 where did you come up with this idea? Um, no doubt it'd be linked to a bit of recovery from all the fitness uh, industry you've been in. But yeah, h- how hard has that been to set up? Journey Retreats has been around for like sort of four or five years now. Um, we had like 1,200 members across all our studios and I thought, what else, what else can I do to market to an existing member base that's not, that's not you know, a gym or, or a product or whatever? Um, so I just went over to Bali one time, found a resort I liked that was priced a certain point where I could actually make a profit um, and then started building out a retreat concept. Um, ran a retreat for the first time, um, went really, really well. I think we had 35, 40 guests and then started aligning with bigger brands. So we started to take, um, keep it cleaner. So Steph Claire Smith's fitness brand. Um, we recently did Sam Wood's brand. Um, this year we've got, um, Tammy Hembro, the Tammy fit. We've got Sophie Gwidlin, who's a big fitness girl. We've got Morgan Maroney, Cass Olam, two more big fitness people, Simon Hill. He's like a a plant-based dude and we're running retreats for their communities. So we'll do anything from like 30 to a hundred guests. Um, but every day, you know, they're, they're training, they, you know, they'll do strength training, high impact, high intensity yoga, you know, Pilates, we'll do cooking demonstrations, mobility classes, you know, we'll go drink bintangs down at the beach, like whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been amazing business, but fuck, it was hard during COVID. It was a worst, it was a worst, worst couple of years. Um, but we're back now, like we've signed like five new sort of in collaborators that we're working with um and it's all it's all bali this year so right. so do I, you do you ho- do you own the site and then these sort of communities will pay you to use it for a week or whatever and then you facilitate all the staff and the experience or we we lease the we lease the site so we'll go to like a a, ho- a hotel or a resort that has gym facilities that's close to a beach there's a certain uh, prerequisite list that we, they need to meet for us to work with them and then we we bring the trainers, um, we bring the communities, um, and the retreats are awesome. Like, and sometimes it's as simple as saying to someone, "Hey, I want you to drink four liters of water a day. I want you to sleep, you know, six to eight hours. I want you to move every day and not eat shit." And if we do that for a week, people are like, "Wow, this is life changing shit." And we're like, "Yeah, it is." Um, so yeah, we're we're effectively a facilitator. Um, but it's good. We've had people do like four, five, six retreats now. Um, yeah, it's good, but now a lot of a lot of these sort of big fitness communities. I'm talking like twenty thousand, thirty thousand people in their communities. They they honestly don't have the resources to run it, and because we've we've created this model, we now run it for them. So, and we give the we give the collaborator a cut as well. Yeah. yeah. So we go into business with with all different people now. Innovation yeah. at its finest. Great networking yeah. as well, no doubt. Let's it's all it's all networking. Yeah. Yeah. Come yeah. down as strong if you want and have a little session. Yeah. Take a photo at the front. <laughs> Can we actually, we never asked this because he's, he's a very good networker, I think, as well. But what's in the art of networking? What, what are some important principles for people that are wanting to improve that? Um, oh, it's a hard question because it's never really something that I think about. Yeah, it's just know. like That's you just go for a chat. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, I, I think once you've got a good network, it's pretty easy, like because you're introduced via other people and, um, I find when people talk shop too quickly, that puts me off a lot. Mm. Like, oh, hey, I've got this 
um, you know, oh, I heard you got strong. Hey, I've got this drink bottle company. I need to work with you, do blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate that. It's like, you just want to chill, you know, have a drink, have a coffee and, and just like, it, I, I think if you go in too hard, that's when it ruins the, the kind of relationship. So that would be my advice is like with networking, when you do meet someone, just chill the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. Like people first kind of mindset yeah. before shop. Find yeah. out what they do, like what makes them tick. And then, you know, the, your sales pitch doesn't become a sales pitch. You become friends and effectively you're all making money together. So it doesn't like really, as long as there's value in it for them, there's value in it for you. It shouldn't be a sales pitch. Um, yeah. That's just, yeah. It's well, pretty, pretty well answered. Yeah. yeah for, you guys, I've never answered that before. Mm. It's very well put. Yeah, very well put. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> who, who would know that? Like you do it, you just do it unconscious. You just walk over to someone just and talk, then talk shit. Do you know what's actually <laughs> interesting with networking? <clears throat> I find it's quite easy to meet people. Yeah. It's then post that discussion of like, yeah, nice to meet you, da, da, da. Then maintaining that relationship and creating something out of it. Because a lot of people in person say stuff and then you kind of tend to whatever the connection was, it kind of drifts if you don't sort of maintain that relationship or the follow-up and the steps like that. Yeah, and that's on you, right? Like that's on you to maintain it, isn't it? So it's like how much do you want to work with that person or, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. And I've had combos with people where I just you just talk and you go into the abyss and you ever see them again or talk to them again. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, hey, we should do this. And then you just never talk to them. Yeah. Like, How do you do your time management? Because with all the things you're doing, your calendar must just be exploding. Um, I just prioritize really. So like uh, the the times I work most efficiently are probably, you know, eight eight till 12. So a lot of that time is is heading computer, like just getting it done, any sort of like, you know, copywriting or branding or idea create, like anything it's, that's, that's there. And then the afternoons are more for meetings. Um, the afternoons are for catching up with staff, suppliers, all that sort of thing. So, um, I just try and do something that works for me. Um, but yeah, I've been traveling a lot lately. It's sort of been screwing with my routine a bit, (laughs) but it's good. That's why I got a business partner and it's something like I couldn't recommend more is finding a good business partner to do 50% of the work or even someone to bounce off because a lot of top level conversations you can't actually have with your staff or you can't have with a lot of people. So um, that's been really, really handy as well. And intertwining some horse racing in between the priorities. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the best part. Just a little quaddy in the arvo. <laughs> yeah. Just split up all the tension. Yeah, you got to get off this meeting now. Sorry. Um, what is your greatest advice <clears throat> to everyone out there um, that's going to start business or in business? Um, look at the model. Make sure the model is profitable. So you can't – a lot of people say like just, just start, like just come up with an idea and start, but I don't think – you should do that. Um, I think you got to plan, you got to work out how you're going to make money, what your margins are, all that sort of thing. And once you've worked that out, then go for it. But I think people get stuck. They, you know, they'll start selling a product or something and then realize, oh, hang on, um, I'm selling to a wholesaler and I'm manufacturing for way too much. So I'm never going to make any profit here. Like if you from the start, get this right um, and then go hard, that's, that's when it works. It's just, yeah, I think people, the entrepreneur space is a is a pretty crowded one right now and everyone wants to start a business, but I think people need to chill out and be a bit more calculated. There Very wise words. Take mm. calculated risk. Yeah. Great advice. We love that. Um, with the recru- with the um, retreat business, before we uh, touch on a few other things, but how does like Joe Blow get a gig there? Because obviously at the moment you're doing those collaborations with big fitness, um, you know, 
what do you call them, followings and communities that are already established. But yeah, again, me and Jakey just want to go down for a one-week retreat. Yep. How do we go about that? Just jump on the website and book. Um, yeah, it's journeyretreats.com.au. Um, but yeah, it's it's good. We try and make the entry point. They're about three grand for a week, all inclusive. So all your food and, and all your training, everything. Accommodation, the lot. Accommodation, yeah. Just not flights. Um, but we try and do like there's payment plans and, you know, four-part payment plans. Um, but yeah, we're literally, we've got one next week. So I'm going to head on that. I'm actually going to do it as a guest, which will be really cool just to get get some training in and drop some more body fat. Um, and then, um, yeah, from then we're, we're putting five more online. So nice. they'll, they'll all be on there. Yeah, um, That's a great price. You did do that damage at a bad afternoon at Potato Head. So yeah. investing in your health and wealth. Spent you know, money worse. Spent worse. <laughs> exactly right. It, it is amazing. Like <clears throat> even like with Strong, Strong 70 bucks a week. It's sort of between 70 and 80 and people kick up a stink like sometimes for the price because they're like, oh, I pay, you know, nine bucks a week at Fitness First or whatever. And it's like, and then you see them on the weekend eat, eating <laughs> yeah. at the most expensive restaurant, blowing four or $500 on a, on a feed and they can't pay 70 bucks a week to look after themselves. Yeah. yeah. It's the whole, everyone's fucking backwards, I swear. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's amazing. But it is, people are now starting to really sort of look, take themselves as a priority. But yeah, it's just it's just crazy, the mentality sometimes. Um, spend 80 bucks in one shout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously. One shout as yeah. soon as you walk into a yeah. venue. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Mm. It's, and it's the old, if you want it, that's the price. If you don't want it, that's fine. It's not for you. So yeah, yeah it's... Uh, that would do your head in, though, people complaining about the price. Oh, uh, it's yeah, and I get it. I get there's people that can't actually afford it, and 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 it's it is a big ticket in there. You know, they're what they can afford from from a weekly perspective. But there are pe- other people that are just they'll spend so much money on going out and dinners and stuff, and you know who they are. Like a lot of the Melbourne studios, I know a lot of the people that train there personally. You know, and sometimes they're mates. I'm like, stop being a cheap art. You know, you spent. 700 bucks on the weekend and you can't spend 70 a week like on a gym membership. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, Prefers man. the sashimi over the, yeah. over the course of the Sabi on, yeah. And then the champagne. And, oh, yeah, it's like, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, like, we've got a few segments that we like to push before I open up with, with some of Tommy's stuff that he goes through. Um, one of the questions we like to ask our guests is just around books or podcasts that have been quite powerful for them in their sort of business career or lifetime. Yeah. Any recommendations for our listeners that have impacted you? Um, to be honest, like mine are all pretty boring. Um, it's the podcasts I listen to are, are pretty business. Like the yeah. But to be honest, like I started with Gary V, and I think a lot of people start with Gary V, and uh, and now he gets a bit of a bad rap. But I, that's how I kind of really got motivated in business was like, well, like probably like literally eight years ago, like listening to a lot of his shit. Um, and, and I love that. But now, I don't know, a lot of the stuff I listen to is very, um, very unique and specific. Yeah, specific. Um, even books, I, I don't really read a lot. Um, yeah, to be honest. That's fine. I, yeah. It's funny. Cause I, mean, I don't know. We've asked that question a lot in the books. Some, some yeah, books, yeah. It's hit and miss, hit and miss. But did, yeah. so what's the business podcast you would listen to? Is it- um, I'm actually going on this one next this week. Oh, um, wow. It's called the uh, Fitness Business Asia podcast, um, which, which I'll listen to. I've been listening to for ages because they've got really good guests. They've got like CEOs of, of different fitness companies and stuff. But the really cool thing is I'm actually going on there in well two done. days. <clears> so it's like... It's a fucking dream come true. I'm so, yeah, well freak, freaking out a little bit. But, 
um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll just, I'll quite often um, search like founders of companies as well. So um, it's almost more about not the podcast, but the guest. Right. Um, yeah. There's, there's a few good fitness ones. Escape Your Limits, that's another really good one. Um, but they're not ones that you would see on the top of the charts. They're just more like- Little gems. Yeah, little there's gems. There's a lot of little gems. Yeah. And that's why this question's good, I think, because yeah. probably the mainstream ones most people know, but it's the ones that impact you guys. Um, I, I like to well. just li literally research people that I look up to um, or people that have achieved stuff. Um, my, my, my biggest, my pet hate is, is people who give advice and, and haven't really achieved anything. So <laughs> I really enjoy trying to find who the CEOs or the, or the founders of the businesses are and then finding a podcast on them. Yeah, fascinating. That's yeah. a great answer. Just on Gary V, have you, have you taken his advice on cryptocurrency eight years ago? Fuck no, no. Oh, I'll no I wish moment. I did. The NFTs, have you bought any of them? No, oh, I've got a few NFTs, but geez, the, the space is really yeah, great time to buy in. <laughs> well, 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 yeah. No, don't know no, if it's going to keep keep going down though. I hope but you I mean, bought Luna, Jackie. No, I didn't. Thank Nothing's God. going any good now, is it? But what I, what I bought uh, what I bought in crypto at three years ago, it's at now. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so it's back. So I could have just bought it. Go, I could have bought in now for the same price. Oh, you're going to go boom. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's very interesting because when crypto goes down, NFT kind of goes up and vice versa. But this like crypto drop has been like staying around for a little bit too long. So it's a bit more than a hiccup because it used to drop like it would flex and flex and then, but it would come back up and you just don't look at it. But now it's like fucking hell. It's worth a dabble, <laughs> I reckon. Is the NFT space still doing well? Uh, not as, no, it's not as prolific. It's now it's, it's. In, when I say not as prolific, there was a lot of projects that were coming on and just rising. So if you were flipping and selling, if mm. you switched on, you can make a lot of quick money. Now it's really like heavily tilted. Like there's whales in the market that are, you know, really dominating. And the roadmap is so important that people don't really research. Um, yeah. You, you kind of, I, I don't know. I, feel, I honestly think when there was all of a sudden, you know, a war going on in, in Ukraine and it sort of puts things in perspective and you look at all these stupid yeah. little NFTs coming out and it's like, why, why the, the fuck would I look? buy that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, to me, that was like a big, because I was looking at it heaps. I'm like, you know, yeah. would love to own a, a board ape or, yeah. you know, whatever. You know, I'm having or, these discussions of myself now. Like, Should I just sell them all? What's this stupid little, <laughs> I know it's on a blockchain or whatever, but who, who cares? Like it's yeah. got, it's stupid it's a JPEG. To, to be honest like and I, I know that there's a lot of people that invest their life into this stuff but man reality for me is where it's at and yeah. i find that a lot of the crypto stuff nft stuff now is a distraction and if i just focus on what i'm doing and what i'm good at yeah you know, yeah but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree more man it's a yeah. dangerous space at the moment but anywho now this question might stump you one of our shows give me that cap there jaggy boy caps is a huge sponsor of our show the home of headwear um, I hope you like wearing your, your hats and if you're lucky, your American sport, mate. So Thanks, mate. Feel free to put that on if you want. I don't want to mess the hair up, though. But, the hair's, um, pr hair's pretty well done. I'll put yeah, it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a photo. Yeah, I thought he wouldn't put it on. I'll send you a photo. Yeah, send us a photo. Yeah. But uh, big shout out to Caps. We appreciate your support. And Love everyone them. that always messages about, um, I was wearing a Boston uh, Larry Bird T-shirt, just head on to their website and use the discount code ACES. Now, mate, we love this question. It's called your Caps moment. It's the greatest moment in your career so far. If it was to be one, what would it be? Um, definitely um, when I remember winning the award one night. Remember I talked about I was up at the Ivy talking in front of like, you know, 700 people or whatever. That for me, I remember was like the most euphoric 
feeling. It's funny because it wasn't set, like I've sold businesses, I've done well from selling businesses and it was, it, I always thought it would be that. Like once the bank account hits and, you know, you've, you've got some cash there, but it was honestly accepting award and, and giving a speech around like how we did it. Like that was a cool part. So for me, like I just remember I, I built, like I love, I love a drink. I love, I love to party. Um, I love these sorts of events because I get to network. I get to have a drink with all my friends and stuff like that. But I don't think I drank all night. Because I was on such a high, just to like, I was just so happy and just warm and yeah, it was awesome. So, how old were you when when you got that award? Twenty nine, I think. Twenty eight or twenty nine? Yeah, that's incredible. Did did actually just on that? Did F forty five? Did they adopt anything that you brought in? Because obviously, it was doing so well. Um, sort of. I I did sort of consult a little bit to them, but a lot of my ideas were probably a little bit whack for them. <laughs> I, I think I think they like the you know the girls in the bikinis as a as their marketing yeah. as opposed to, you know, the ideas I was throwing up. So, yeah. and that is what it is. It's not, it's not a big, a big deal, but um, yeah, it was good. We're able, as I said before, we're able to mentor lots of people and show them how to create a profitable business and, and change their lives a little bit. So, yeah. There you go. What a wonderful yeah. Caps moment. Well done. And congr- what was the award called? Number one studio in the world. Most oh, yeah, most look at that. Yeah, most, most revenue, yeah. yeah that is, is remarkable. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, obviously, yep. what's what's going to be going well is the expansion of Strong and the revenue there. And, yeah, we, we touched on what's happening in this market, but also when the expansion now into other parts of the world. So it ties into this next beautiful segment, a big segment, I must say, as well. But Rick's, Rick's in retirement. Now, Tommy, my good friend here, he's a, <laughs> he's a gentleman – we're going to provide you with the Orbit Champagne, some of the finest Rick's sun, uh, sunglass <laughs> brand, which is luxury sunwear, guys, at, at a great price and definitely do highly recommend getting onto them. I, re- I really like these. Oh, they're, they're I, fantastic. I won't, I won't put them on just in case they look terrible on me, but I, I actually <laughs> love them. Chuck them on. Give me a look. I, I can tell you. Be honest. No, nah, that they work. Good. They yeah, work. they work. Yeah, yeah. always. The orbits. <laughs> they <never really laughs> always work. Champagne. I'll wear them to Bali next week. There yeah, you go. Beautiful. It, but now, obviously, in the position you are, we we do want to ask when you when you get to the point of you you're happy with where Strong's at and you want to throw the feet up and you've got the pair of ricks on your face in the sun, where uh, where are you retiring around the globe? Where's your place that you would love to? Honestly, lo- I know it sounds weird, but I love the Goldie. I love the Gold Coast. I That's love a good it. answer. I love yeah, it. We like. We haven't had Goldie yet. You're always I, quick on where they answer. Yeah, I do because it fascinates me. I love this. I love a surf club and a Palmer, and that for me is like just. That's life. It's the most relaxing Chilling, place yeah. in the world, the surf clubs up yeah. there. Yeah. I love them too, the RSLs. So that's, that's where I want to be. Gold Coast, your retirement in the Rixies down there in Burley. Burley? Mermaid Beach, I reckon. Mermaid oh, Mermaid. Beach, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he that's knows. Brilliant. <laughs> Mate, that's awesome. Well, yeah. um, we've got one more. This is uh, I've given it a title, Jake, because you've I reckon you've asked the question and you maybe we haven't I think both, it's your segment. Yeah, but we both haven't given it the respect. So I've given it it's called the Aces Referral Program. Uh, that's what it's going to be called. And it's working beautifully. And it's working terribly. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we haven't really secured one yet, but we do have podcasts. Uh, that's, yeah, in the they're plans. coming. They're coming, Tommy. Now, mate, you've been on the show and you've been an amazing guest. And thank you so much for your time. Um, everyone listening and watching is going to absolutely love this, especially if they're in the uh, same industry. Now that you've sat through the podcast, you can see, I won't put words in your own mouth, but it's pretty relaxed and good fun, you know. I've <laughs> got a few names already, I must say. I know. Who would be a guest that you no doubt can 100% guarantee they'll join the podcast <laughs> and will give great energy, insights, and be, a, again, just a wonderful guest for Jakey and I? In the business space? 
Yeah. In, for uh, Aces in Business episode. Yeah, for this platform. Pro, I reckon, do you know Spoonful of Sarah? Do you know her? We do Sarah, now. Yeah. Do I've heard have, of her. Have that. a look. She, she's got her own podcast, great podcast, very, very articulate, you know. Um, yeah, she would be amazing. She's done some really cool stuff. So I'll chat to her. Good following. Yeah, good audience. Hang on, liking yeah. the lead yeah. on this Ooh, one. Yes, yeah. this is what we like. So yeah. what she's she's doing a podcast? Is she? Yeah, what she's kind of C- CZA, It's called. Okay. She interviews a, a bunch of a lot of amazing people. She's interviewed Gary Vee before, actually, which oh, is wow. really cool. Um, but she's yeah, she's done some really cool stuff. I reckon she'd love to come on. Oh. What was her name again? Spoonful of Sarah. Look her up on uh, Sarah Davidson. Look her up on Instagram. Well, Sarah, yeah, we'll, if you're tuning in, we'll see you soon, Sarah. We yeah. hope. Check it be our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, honestly. Um, um, on behalf of everyone listening and watching from the Aces community, thank you so much for your time and uh, your honesty and your insights. And yeah, we just wish you nothing but success. We've got to get down and do yeah, one of these we're, sessions. We've got to do a um, session. And can't wait to give you the feedback, but it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, boys. That was good. Pleasure. Pleasure doing Very business. Very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please feel free to hit us up on our social channels at Osmerican Aces. If you're entertained, inspired, or feel more educated, please share it with your friends and family because we appreciate the support. Righto, catch you on the next one.